If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Just because you're a Christian, that doesn't mean you get a pass on problems like temptation. But you do get the opportunity to escape every time. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah clears up the confusion surrounding the prickly subject of temptation. You can't always avoid it, but you can break free from its grip. Listen as David introduces his message, How Can I Overcome Temptation? Well, friends, this is a really important message because temptation is one of the most common um, issues that people report with which they struggle. I don't know how many times people have told me about how hard it is for them to deal with this temptation. And it may be um, most of the time, in fact, it's something to do with sexuality, temptation that they know is wrong towards someone who's not their spouse, etc. Sometimes it's temptation to get involved in things that they know are totally wrong, but they get drug into it and they don't know how to keep away from it. And the frustration that is expressed when people talk about this is really, really overwhelming. Well, the Bible has an answer, and we're going to look at it from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We're going to take temptation apart and put it back together, help you understand how you can overcome temptation. Uh, Before we get into our lesson today, just want to remind you again that our resource for the month of May is the book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking. It contains the written format of everything you're hearing on the air, plus more. Every chapter is concluded with a study section. There's no study guide to go with this series because the study guide is bound into the book. So at the end of each chapter, there's some questions to ask and some answers to find that will help strengthen you in your understanding of each issue. And you can have this book. All you have to do is send a gift to Turning Point of any size to help us with the task God has given us to share the Word of God around the world. So once again, send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month and ask for the book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking. We thank you for your participation and investment in the ministry of the propagation of the Word of God. Now, let's answer one of those questions right now. How can I overcome temptation? Let's open our Bibles to the New Testament and the book of 1 Corinthians and the 10th chapter. And I want to speak to you today from one verse of Scripture. I will have many other passages, but the text itself is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And as you know, we are in the beginning stages of a new series, which we have called 
questions people are asking. This is made up of answers to questions that people have written to us about or ask us about. We don't have a list of the top 10 or the top 20, but we have chosen ones that we believe we can directly answer from the pulpit that will be helpful to all of us. And all of us have questions. There's no question about that. And I want you to know that my heart is to take your question and go right to the Scripture for the answer. Normally, we start with a Scripture, and then we take it where it's going, but we're going to start with a question and find the answers in the Word of God. And today, I want to talk with you about this question. How can I overcome temptation? And I want to begin with a couple of stories. A pastor had parked his car at a no-parking zone in a large city because he was short of time and he couldn't find a space with a meter. So he put a note under the windshield wiper that read, I have circled the block 100 times. If I don't park here, I'll miss my appointment. Forgive us our trespasses. (laughs) When he returned to the car, he found a citation from a police officer along with this note. I have circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. (laughs) I read about a young priest who was serving in the confessional booth for the first time and was being mentored and watched over by an older priest. At the end of his first day, the older priest took the young man aside and said just a couple of things. When a person finishes confession, you have got to say something other than wow. (laughs) I want you to imagine with me that one day the Apostle Paul received a letter from a young man who was a part of the church in Corinth, which had been established in that city. The young man had become a Christian while attending the church, but could not understand why, now that he was a Christian, he was still struggling with temptation, still dealing with desires to do things that he knew were wrong. And so I'm kind of imagining that he wrote this letter to Paul and asked Paul to help him. Now, I have no way of knowing if such a letter was ever written, but I do know that Paul was very careful to answer the question, And I also know about the church at Corinth that it was one of the most evil churches of the churches in the New Testament. In other words, it had more problems than just about any other church. And surely this was one of the problems because it was a very sensual city. The thing that's so exciting about this is the fact that in the book of 1 Corinthians, we have a verse of Scripture that is so powerful when it comes to this issue that we all face. Here, for our benefit, is Paul's answer to the question of temptation and how to deal with it. He begins in this verse with a reminder to us that temptation is the common experience of every believer, the common experience of temptation. He says, there is no temptation that has overtaken you except one that is common to man. In other words, Everybody is tempted. There isn't such a thing as a Christian who's never tempted. 
Most of us are not all surprised when we hear that someone else has fallen into temptation. But when we're facing it, sometimes it surprises us. We think maybe we live above it or beyond it, but temptation for all of us is inevitable. No one escapes it. The more you grow toward the Lord, the more you will be tempted. John White has written a whole book on this subject, and in his book he says, you will be tempted. The kinds of temptations may change. Candies for children, sensuality for the young, riches for the middle-aged, and power for the aging. The evil one can ring the changes with greater skill than any advertising agency you've ever heard about. You will be tempted continuously. You will be tempted ferociously at times of crisis. As long as you live, you will be tempted. Now you say, Pastor Jeremiah, that's not very reassuring. (laughs) It may not be reassuring, it's just the truth. All of us are tempted. Whatever we're going through, please remember that you're not in this thing alone. You're not the only person to have passed this way. You're in good company. Everybody feels temptation and the pull of temptation that's even tugging at you right now. In fact, even the saints of Scripture struggled mightily with sin. Look through the Old Testament and you'll read about Noah's drunkenness and Abraham's deception and Moses' temper and Elijah's murmuring, David's sexual sin and Jonah's rebellious spirit. When you come to the New Testament, you'll see Peter's denial and John Mark's defection and Paul's arguing with Barnabas. All of these people had the same problems that we have. Every single person who's ever walked the face of the earth has been tempted, and that even includes Jesus Christ. For these are the words of Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. What that means is that the holiest man who ever walked on this earth felt every urge that we feel. So if to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, a man cannot be a Christian without temptation. For he was tempted sorely and repeatedly throughout his life. There's a whole section in the book of Matthew telling us about how he was tempted by the enemy, by Satan. So to be like Christ in this world, we must more or less be tempted because he was tempted. Rick Warren says in one of his sermons that since God intends to make you like Jesus, he will take you through the same experiences Jesus went through. That includes loneliness, temptation, stress, criticism, rejection, and a lot of other problems. So temptation will always be a part of our life. This is not a sermon about how to get rid of temptation This is a sermon about how to deal with it, how to be overcomers when it comes to temptation. So I want to read the verse again, this time through the paraphrase of Kenneth Taylor in the Living Bible. This is what he says as he deals with this verse. But remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you. So I don't know if you take comfort in the fact that you're not alone in this, but you should. We're all in this boat together. We're all humans. We all face temptation. 
Nobody is exempt. So I can be absolutely certain that this is not a sermon for you so you can share it with your friends. This is a sermon for you, for every one of you, and for me as well. The common experience of temptation. Now, here's the second thing you need to know from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that while temptation is a common experience, it takes place in a controlled environment. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says through Paul. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. In other words, temptation itself is not evil. We've already discovered that. Jesus was tempted, and if temptation is evil, then we don't have a Savior because he was the sinless Son of God, and the sinless Son of God faced temptation. So to be tempted is not evil. To yield to temptation is evil. Everybody is tempted. Martin Luther said it this way, you cannot stop the birds from flying over your head, but you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. The Bible does not give us hope that we will ever be free of temptation, but it does offer encouragement in order to fight it. The way I see it, the more you become mature in Jesus Christ, the greater the temptations will be. Someone has said that Satan does his fiercest fighting with those who are walking closest to the king. We never get away from it. In fact, the founder of the seminary that I attended, Dallas Theological Seminary, was a man by the name of Lewis Berry Chafer. He was a very godly man, and one day I read something in one of his books, and this is what I read. It has been well said that the spiritual believers are honored with warfare in the frontline trenches. There the fiercest pressure of the enemy is felt. Maybe you thought, well, if I get to a certain level of spiritual maturity, then I won't have to deal with temptation. Not. If you get to a level of spiritual maturity, your temptations will be more subtle, but they will not be any less fierce. Temptation will follow us all the way until we get to heaven, and we best learn how to deal with it if we're going to be victorious. It's also true, men and women, that we should never blame God for temptations. God does not tempt us. He may test us, but he never tempts us. Here is the word of God from James chapter 1. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. You see, it's the devil who tempts us. In fact, twice in the Bible, he's called by that name, the tempter, in Matthew 4 and 1 Thessalonians 3. So if you've been a Christian for very long, you know the tempter. He's visited you on occasion. The Bible says he roars like a lion, going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. That means he probably passed you sometime this week. And me too. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. What does that mean? When God allows temptation to come into your life or into mine, he promises to limit the kind of test and the intensity of it. He knows what our limitations are. He never allows us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Remember, temptation is not based upon what you think you can handle, but on what God knows you can handle. 
Paul says several times in his writings that in every situation that we find ourselves as followers of Christ, we are never without the delivering power of the Almighty. On one occasion, as he's writing to the Corinthians in his second letter, he writes these words, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of our lives. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Now listen. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us and in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. I don't know if you notice the tenses in words in the scripture, but if you read that verse, you will discover that the word deliver is in the past tense, in the present tense, and in the future tense. He has delivered us, he is delivering us, and he will deliver us. In other words, no matter what situation I am in, God is with me as a Christian. He knows my limitations. There are many uncertainties in the moment of temptation, but there is one uncertainty you can take off the table, and it is this one. God will never be unfaithful to provide us a way of escape in the midst of temptation. He is a faithful God. His faithfulness is without question. In fact, in the letter we have from Paul to Timothy, we are told that even when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. The faithfulness of God means that no superhuman temptation will enter the life of any believer and that each believer's temptation will be commensurate with who he is in Christ. So if you hear someone say, I was overcome by temptation. It was more than I could withstand. Don't you believe a word of it? That person had better come up with some other excuse because the clear biblical truth of God is that he only allows temptations that he enables us to handle. Because God is a good and faithful father, he will never allow a temptation into my life that is more powerful than his ability to help me overcome So the temptations in my life are not about my strength, but about my submission to his strength. That is the controlled environment of our testing. God has not allowed things to get out of control. He's not forgotten about us. He controls the things that enter our lives, and that includes the temptations that come our way. Now, the third thing we learn from 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is that not only is temptation the common experience of all of us, and it happens in a controlled environment, but if you read the Scripture carefully, it also teaches us that there is a promise of certain escape, the certain escape from temptation. Notice 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But with the temptation, God will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Whenever we are tempted, God sees the temptation from the beginning to the end. He doesn't enter temptation the way we do, wondering how it's going to turn out. He already knows where it's going. The moment the test begins, the way out is always already available. He doesn't wait to see how we're doing. He provides a means of escape from that temptation at the very beginning. The way out of temptation is always there. 
in the midst of the temptation that Satan is allowed to bring to our lives, God provides a way of escape. Hebrews 2.18 says that since he has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid us who are also tempted. Jesus has been where we are. He knows what this is all about. He's ahead of us in this game, and he will always be there to provide for us what we need. And the escape in the midst of testing is found in the person of Jesus Christ himself. He's already been down this road. He's experienced temptation, and he wants to help us in the midst of our temptation. Over time, I have come to believe that temptation isn't so much a matter of what we do, but of whom we love. Knowing Christ, really knowing him, not simply knowing about him, but really knowing him and being in love with him changes everything. And more often than not, power in the time of temptation comes to us because we have filled our minds with him and who he is, and there's no room for the world's cheap substitutes. Please note that the word escape in this verse is a critical word. The word escape has the connotation in the Greek language of a narrow passage in a treacherous canyon. The picture is that you've climbed down into this canyon, and as you look around, there seems to be no way out. You're stuck. You don't know how to get out of the canyon. And all of a sudden, you come upon a very narrow pathway, and you see at the beginning of that it ultimately leads you out of the canyon. Paul says that if you see that little path, don't walk past it. Let me say something about the way of escape when it comes to temptation. It's very much like that word picture. Temptation is like being in the canyon. (laughs) But if you are vigilant, you will see that there's a way out. Why would a person in the canyon of temptation not take the way out? They think about it. They think perhaps there's another way out. They think that later on they'll make a decision. What the Word of God says is that in every temptation, there will always be a way of escape. When you see it, when you sense it, you better take it. He doesn't say there's two ways of escape. He says there is one way. Now, let's translate that into the kind of temptations we face as men and women, as followers of Christ. While it is a very encouraging promise to know that God has made a way of escape for us, we must not take it for granted. In most situations, the way of escape will be a fleeting moment, a fleeting thought. In the midst of the temptation, you will hear the Spirit of God or your conscience say, this is wrong, don't do this. The way of escape may only last for a moment, and if it is not taken, it will be too late. I've talked to hundreds of people about this subject. And almost every time I hear this story, Dr. Jeremiah, there was a moment when I really knew this was wrong, and I almost walked away from it, but I didn't. And now look what's happened. The Bible says that every time we are tempted, God always has that pathway out of the canyon. But don't pass it. You may not ever find another one. When the way comes, take the way out. Hmm. 
Isn't that an interesting thought? And if you look back on your failures, as, as we sometimes refer to them, your failure to overcome temptation, when you look back, there's always a place where you could have done the right thing and you didn't. The Bible tells you that God provides a way of escape. I believe that. And in my own experience, I know it to be true. Well, we'll have more about this tomorrow as we finish our discussion of how can I overcome temptation. And then on Friday, we're going to talk about how can I get victory over worry. This is a great series, very practical, answering questions you have asked us in your mail, your emails, your personal discussions with us. And uh, we're trying to answer them in a way that will be helpful to you and have some permanency to it. We've put the answers to these questions in a chapter in this book called 10 Questions Christians Are Asking. And the book is available to you for a gift of any size during the month of May. I hope you will allow us to put this book into your hands because we know it will be a blessing to you and a help going forward in your Christian walk. So once again, send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month and ask for the book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking. As I mentioned, uh, tomorrow we'll finish up our discussion of temptation. Friday, we're going to talk about worry. We have some other great discussions coming up during this month. And uh, before I say my final goodbye today, I do want to say that many of you get our magazine, and some of you haven't heard about it or don't know about it. Go to our website and find out about it. You can order this magazine and have it sent to your home absolutely free. You want to do this. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on This Good Station. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's hardcover book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking, and learn to live with greater confidence. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking, here on Turning Point. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. Someone offered this thought on the cost of higher education. If you think education is expensive, he said, just wait until you see what ignorance costs you. A college education seems to get more expensive every year, but it will never be as expensive as ignorance. 
God offered a word about education through the prophet Hosea. He said, My people, speaking of Israel, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Israel's price of her lack of knowing God was 70 years in exile. So don't let a lack of education about God and His Word be the reason for paying a high price in your life. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover the knowledge of God on Route 66. Route 66, driving the Word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.